Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM. And last week we explored, we just sort of touched into the imagination and the gift of the imagination. And I asked Michael if we could please continue on the topic because it just, there's, it's such a, an expansive topic and it touches so many aspects of our lives. And I think that it's so important. And there's a gentleman many years ago, I tuned into his film series, Soul Biographies by Nick Askew. And Nick has produced these amazing sort of inner working films that really touch the heart of the soul of what it means to be human. And um, he also writes poetry. So he, uh, this week I got a poem from him and it just sort of really uh, anchors into me what imagination is all about. It's, it's called The Surrender of All Notions of a Different Future. A man of this new and unfathomable age surrendered all notions of a different future, realizing that all dreams of time to come and times pass by rendered him blind to the only experience he so deeply yearned for. Peace had always existed outside notions of a better world and a different here. Yet it's from this very point that every possibility came into elaborate focus. And to me, that's exactly what the imagination is about. So I'm super excited to delve into this continuing conversation that I want to welcome my wonderful co-host, Michael J. Rust. Michael, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Uh, to be with you and to converse with you uh, once a week. It's awesome. Well, thank you. I, you know, I, um, when I read that, it actually, that poem, uh, like a lot of his work, it sort of took my breath away um, mm-hmm. because I thought to myself, it's from this very point that every possibility came into elaborate focus. And I think for so many of us, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to bring things into focus. We know that there's somewhere we want to be, but we don't quite know how to get there. And uh, after our conversation, Michael, last week, and it's just the divine synchronicities of the universe uh, brought to my inbox. There was a, a video that I watched that brought up um, a study that was done um, I believe it was done at, uh, there was actually two of them. This one, and it's sort of a long title, it's the modulation of muscle response evoked by transcranial magnetic stimulation during the acquisition of fine motor skills. So you can actually find the study on on PubMed. And um, But basically what it was is volunteers were asked to play a simple sequence of piano notes every day for five consecutive days. And they scanned their brains each day in the region that connected to the, the finger muscles. And they had a separate group of volunteers who were asked to play, an, an, but actually just imagine playing the notes instead. And they too had their brains scanned every day. And what they found out that when they compared the two brain scans within the regions of that brain, it didn't matter whether the person had imagined playing the piano or if they actually played the piano. And to me, you know, like, so what does this mean in regards to real life? Um, It really uh, is scientific proof that 
when you visualize, when you imagine something to be happening, it's really actually happening as far as your brain is concerned. So whether that be positive or negative, so whether somebody imagines something fearful or an anxiety, um, or if they imagine something wonderful, the brain sees it the exact same way. And a lot of athletes uh, utilize this technique. And we were talking before the show about golf. And um, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on this subject and um, you know, what you, just what you're tuning into, what moves you with this topic. Well, I'm looking at soulbiographies.com and uh, Nick Askew's website about that. And I encourage people uh, to our listeners to check this website out. Soulbiographies.com is the website. And because uh, it talks all about Nick and his work, how he uh, got into his work and the, uh, the, the fascination he has uh, that uh, he has uh, is working through that that's driven him the fascination that's driven him into this <clears throat> into this uh, field of actually filming uh, the human soul uh, and it's spectacular I agree with you 110 percent really though I can tell you that we can talk all day to we're blue in the face about the imagination and how powerful it is how empowering it is to to you and how it can help you in your life in many many different ways uh, an infinite number of ways. However, it really has to be something that people embrace in a practical way. And that means we have to bring this beautiful uh, source of manifestation into uh, our practical everyday lives. And so it's the way that I kind of look at things. Whenever I come across something, a, a, an amazing tool that I can use, a transformative evolutionary tool, a tool that can help me be better tomorrow than I was today, to accomplish more tomorrow than I did today, or to be happier or more joyful, experience life in a different way tomorrow than I did today. Uh, Something like utilizing your imagination. I want to bring it into some sort of practical, uh, some sort of practice in my life. So how, this is what I think about. Because I I could read how, uh, how Nick Askew was doing it. I could read about how somebody else does it, or sports players, whatever. And I've seen, um, I've seen. You see gymnasts on the Olympic team that will sit before their event. They will sit down quietly, close their eyes, right there in front of everybody, and they will simply run through their routine in their mind to perfection, the perfect routine in their mind. And they have been taught, as you just mentioned, to do this <clears throat> because what you're doing in your mind is you're actually doing it the perfect way. Then you get out there and your body just literally repeats what it's always known to do, which is what you've imagined. It's a fantastic tool. And what I find interesting is that, yes, athletes who are in, uh, who are in, uh, at the peak of their, uh, of their profession, of their, of their sport, they've been using these tools. They know how to use these tools because they they've been taught at a young age how to use them. So how do you actually encourage somebody to use their imagination on an everyday level when they've got maybe a husband, a wife, uh, a significant other, uh, two, 2.5 kids that are of age where they're going 18 places at once, uh, your two-household, two-working uh, family, two-working parent household, 
you know, life is busy. Life is really, really busy. Or you're, or you're single and you're working one job or two jobs. You know, living life. Because what we really want is we want to be able to get to a different place in our lives. And imagining it is one of the tools that we have to, using our imagination, our powers of imagination is one what we have to do, one of the tools we have to utilize to actually get there. And for, for me, when we talked about golf, I, golf is, a, is a, a practice of life for me. That's, that's really what it is. It's a, it's a, golf is very much like life in that you have to, uh, it's you depending on you to get things done, which is just like life. You depend on you. I am the one who owns the golf clubs. I accept responsibility from the moment I leave home until the moment I get back. I am responsible for everything that goes on on that course. There's nothing else or nobody else that's responsible. I'm not here to blame my golf club, the ball, the wind, the sky, the moon. (laughs) For you. The the earth's, you know, rotation, rotationary spin. Yeah, those things do uh, form a challenge, and you have to work around them. It's like, it's like uh, playing chess outdoors. You've got the wind at one speed. You've got elevated green, all these things. Uh, you've got different grass you're in, and you have to take your club and take the little white ball or yellow ball or pink ball or whatever you decide to play with, and you have to make it do something under all those circumstances. And in life, we have all these uncontrollable elements and we, that we still have to work through. We have to work through them to get to the other side. Nobody knows exactly how their day is going to be from the beginning to end. However, taking a few moments, even just five minutes in the morning and utilizing your imagination to imagine uh, a traffic-free commute, to imagine yourself getting to work and being happy in the first person, not seeing yourself like you're seeing yourself on television. I mentioned this last week that it's important that you make it first person. This is you seeing what's outside of you, not seeing you outside of you. (laughs) I hope people Mm -hmm. get that distinction. Very important that you see yourself actually, you know, the gymnast is actually seeing themselves rotate in the air perfectly and landing perfectly as if they were looking down at their feet when they hit the mat or doing the, uh, the, the, the horse, doing that horse uh, routine perfectly and, and sticking the landing and feeling what it's like to stick the landing so that in their mind, that's playing out physically, it makes it that much, much easier for them to do. So that's what I do when I play golf is imagine what I want to do on the shot. I'm in my head playing um, against this course and the conditions that exist, the uncontrollable conditions. And I'm not looking to control the outer world. This is not the point in life, looking to control ourselves, our inner world. And that makes it so amazing. That's what makes using your imagination so, so amazing when it comes to manifestation because you can do this with anything. You can imagine mm-hmm. yourself being in a different place, laying on a beach, uh, in in the cribbing or taking a cruise, you can you can walk yourself through it. You can you can do that. And what you do is metaphysically send it out into the universe, and it begins to manifest. It begins to take life, you know, to to take shape. And you're bringing it to life by using your imagination, a la the example you just gave with playing the piano. The study that showed 
the fabulous. When I, by the way, when I play, when I play the drums, uh, I do the same thing. I, and it's, but, but interestingly enough, <laughs> it's a fraction of a second before I do it. I'm playing, and I'll envision, I'll imagine a riff in, in either in some place. Uh, a riff is basically going away from the hi-hat and maybe coming around on toms and doing a fill. They also call it doing a fill. And uh, you can feel the music, you sense the music, and then you actually envision in a split second the riff, what you do, and how it comes off. And I know this sounds a little strange, perhaps. However, if you, if you play drums, if you play drums for a long period of time, you can sense the music and you know when to do a fill or how to flow with the music, even without reading it. I don't read music. I used to, but that was when I was a kid. Um, however, it is possible to actually do that, to bring it off the way that, that you want intuitively using your split second of imagination, imagining it happening and, and filling and then doing it, just a, a split second, a fraction of a second after you've envisioned what you want to do. It's... It's uh, mind-blowing and gratifying at the same time is the way mm-hmm. I would describe it. <laughs> so, yeah, how to make it practical, how to make using your imagination practical. Um, I should also say one thing we were talking about beforehand, that I see many people on the golf courses. I use golf, like I said, as an example because it is life, and, and, and people do this. They do something fantastic. They, matter of fact, they, they actually perform a miracle. They perform a miracle. They take a little white ball that you can hold in the palm of your hand from, I don't know, 150 yards out, and they actually put it in a hole that's four and a half inches in diameter, 150 yards mm-hmm. away. And that's then, so amazing first thing to me. <laughs> they, yeah, it, it is. It is amazing. It's 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 luck. It's um, uh, there's a lot of luck in it. There's a lot of like I said, you work hard enough, you 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 actually get a lot more luck than if you don't. You get you get really lucky when you work hard. Um, however, then they'll say something very interesting. They'll say, "I don't believe I just did that." When it's exactly what you imagined when you were playing, you imagined having a hole in one. The average I've had two in my lifetime, one from 146 yards, and one from 164 yards where I have hit the ball off the tee that distance and the ball is going in a little four-and-a-half-inch hole, 165, 146, 160, oh 146, gosh. and 164 years away, yards away. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Me. I'm sorry. I'm just like, my jaw is there dropped. Are, <laughs> like, that's there are golfers. Yeah, and, and it's amazing. What you have to say, though, you have to fight the desire. Resist the temptation to say, I don't believe I just did that. Instead, say, I believe I just did that. Thank you. I'm so grateful. That's- so true. Because so true. That's how you, because it, doubt is the killer of your imagination, killer of manifestation. Doubt is. You can't envision something for yourself and then doubt it because all you do is you snuff it out. It's like taking an eraser and mm-hmm. snuffing out that vision that you have. Instead of yep. growing, it's not growing. Now you've just erased it, and now you have to start all yep. over again. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so, And I hear this from golfers all the time. This, this doubt that they could anything like that could ever have happened, any miracle could have happened. I'm going, yeah, give me more miracles. <laughs> you know, I believe I did mm-hmm. that. Let's do it some more. You know? Right. And right. What, I didn't, what I didn't tell you is the day before I got my first hole-in-one, I was farther away 
I was about 185 yards away, and I actually hit the edge of the cup on the fly. And I hit the pin. It hit the edge of the cup. It, 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 it hit the edge of the cup, bounced into the pin, ended up two feet past. I made a birdie on the hole. I put sunk that putt. And then the next day, I made a hole-in-one stepping up one tee. Wow. And it's just, you know, and, and, and I think to myself, you know, I know what I was saying. I was saying, this is the hole-in-one. Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday, I almost did it. Today, I do it. And yeah, I will tell you. Have people, a vision. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's true. You, you say it. Yep. You back it up within, uh, with a conversation that is, that is positive, purposeful, intent, intentional, uh, and, uh, and directed to support that, what you envision. Because that's the other part. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that in a few yep. minutes. But a positive inner conversation that supports what you envision is really, really how you get there. Because mm-hmm. the inner conversation is, is, is where the doubt comes in. So that's kind of how you do it. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun yep. to know that you can yep. do something like that, you know, yeah. and, uh, and move Absolutely. forward. So how do you – do you have well, a certain it, way that you do that? Well, you know, actually, you I, was, I do. I was going to go into that, but I just wanted to bring up because you sparked something in, in my imagination or my recollection. Always do. And I, I, always yeah, do. Yep, you always do. Yep. So I go back to, you know, Napoleon Hill and Thinking Grow Rich, which is a classic. Correct. You know, I think it was right. written in 1937. No, he had said that there were like 30 causes, major causes to failure, but only 13 principles for success and achievement. And what I loved about what he said was he talked about a synthetic imagination and then a creative imagination, which is what we're talking about. So the mm-hmm. synthetic ma- imagination were like the old concept ideas or different things that you would sort of like, there's nothing new going on or, you know, there's just, you know, life is lackluster, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't have enough. You're living in lack. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's right. the synthetic imagination where the creative imagination is you have a hunch you have an inspiration you have a vision um it's a direct communication which what he called like the infinite intelligence and and i truly believe in that he felt that it was your sixth sense it was um connected to something you know beyond the the physical and um that's where there were no limitations that's where you go into the higher vibration and we talk a, a lot about this michael about how you mm-hmm. put yourself into a rate of higher vibration go beyond what is ordinary to the extraordinary and i believe that a lot of that is done with enthusiasm which i think we could do a whole show on just enthusiasm but um you know i think that when you are working with the creative imagination you know there are a lot of tools and and i love pam grout she is to me another one of those you know rock stars and she has a book that i keep near me whenever i i need a little bit of a spark or i'm feeling not very creative and it's entitled art and soul reloaded and there it's like basically a year-long apprenticeship where you glean into your creative side you know and um you know so she has a lot of different exercises and one of them you know she called like within it you know she calls it like zumba for the soul and she said you know invite friends over to watch the sunset that's one of her zumba things or plant a plant you know nothing about or 
invent a word like Robin Williams did in, in uh, Mork and Mindy. He invented the word Shawspot. Or Dr. Seuss was always one of my, you know, my favorites. There were all kinds mm-hmm. of lots of made-up words in his book. And, and there was nothing really that um, harnessed his imagination. He just let things run wild. He created all sorts of imaginary creatures, and nobody told him that he couldn't. And that's really, I think, what we talked about last week, that your imagination is your own domain. Nobody can tell you what you want to cultivate mm-hmm. in that imagination and what your future will be, what you want to vision for yourself. And, you know, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about how to keep your vibration high, you know, what types of things that um, you do to, to keep and sort of cultivate that so that you can bring um, and create a more harmonious way of thinking to bring more positivity into your life. Wow. Okay, that's a loaded question. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's a loaded question. It. It's it's lo- it's it's loaded because we could spend fifteen shows talking about that. The the interesting thing is I'll just I'll just I'll just talk about one thing. Um, sure. Probably the most powerful thing. What I view as the most powerful thing. I just finished my hundred eighty fifth podcast. And it's for teachers uh, on life moves and and uh, and teachers and people, everyone because every it, it's all universal. However we allow as human beings our outer world to impact our inner world that's mm-hmm. what we do we allow our outer world to impact our inner world and the problem with that is that it is that is not in line with or congruent with our own personal sovereignty which is ruling or overseeing our mind body and spirit when we're allowing something outside of ourselves to impact our inner world uh, of thoughts, feelings, inner conversations, and responses that we have to what's going on outside of us. This is, this is my bailiwick. This is the thing that I spend more time on than anything else. It's why I created the podcast in the first place, and because we are creators of our world. We're, we're the creators of our world because when we create our world, outer world, our inner world is really taken care of. We, mm-hmm. we interpret our, our outer world. Our interpretations of our outer world are what impacts our inner world. So we have to be very mindful of how we are responding to all of the stimuli, distraction, noise, and everything that's going, the illusion that's going on outside of us. That is the trick. Because you can be the best meditator in the world and have a very solid, peaceful inner being mm-hmm. and then leave that environment and go into the, your outer world and, and be exposed to people who, don't, who are on a, aren't on the same frequency as you. They're, they're vibrating from fear and doubt and worry and frustration, anxiety and all those things, unhappiness, uh, hopelessness uh, and uh, discord, drama. That's, that's where they are in those lower frequencies. And you're not. So your question is, how do you remain in a high frequency when they are at a low frequency? By literally making sure that you're interpreting that person or what that person's doing in a positive way. And basically, that's from adopting a positive perception of that person. 
mm-hmm. perception based on love, on kindness, on compassion, and empathy. Those four things help you stay joyful, happy, hopeful, because you're literally, you're not in control of that other being. They're in control of themselves. You can influence. You can impart enlightenment. However, you cannot make them do anything than what you say. And this is where people fall off the rails. They try to get them to be something that they're not at the moment. Only they can elevate their vibrational frequency. You cannot do it for them. And so in, in going through life, I stay happy, I stay joyful by processing life events in a positive way. I find the positive. I find the positive perception. If I have an, in, an immediate negative perception of something, I can feel it in me. I can feel the twinge, the discord, and I quickly move to transform that perception, to find something positive within it, to recognize that, oh, wait a minute, I'm attempting to control this situation that is uncontrollable. It's beyond my control by a wide margin. And this is why I'm successful at golf without practice. I recognize that what I control is what I do. Once that ball leaves my club, I'm responsible for what it does. However, I have to accept the consequences of what happens and then move into recovery mode to put myself back on track instead of berating myself for what I just did, which is thinking about the past. It's putting myself in the past. I put myself in the future into recovery mode, resilience mode by saying, okay, great, that happened. Um, Do I know how it happened, why it happened? Let's focus on that for a second. Mechanics maybe, okay, this is what happened, so next time I'll do this. And next time I do that thing that I need to, to, to do, I envision a better outcome because, you know, imagination is important to envision what you want the ball to do and envision yourself and take some practice swings to get the muscle memory together. And then you relax, take a deep breath, let it out, and relax yourself and, and execute. And in life... It's very much the same. We, we have a tendency to get sucked into drama, into the, the mm-hmm. nitty-gritty details of other people's lives. And uh, I resist that temptation with all my might. Uh, it, it is, it's, it's pointless. It doesn't actually do anything for you or the other person. Yeah, you can listen to them, but you, you need to listen with a detached ear. It's being loving, being kind, being empathetic, and being compassionate Mm-hmm. without attempting to control the situation. Right. They always say it's human nature to want to control it. So don't control it. Just let it unfold. Let that person, because sometimes what we can end up doing is throwing gasoline on, on an existing fire. When, if we do nothing, it will simp- the person will come to a realization and it will, uh, it will go out on its own. Mm-hmm. Not every time, mind you, not every time. Uh, sometimes we can we can uh, impart something very simple like, uh, like have, you, have you thought about forgiving yourself for that thing you just did that you're all upset about? You know, because you can't go back and change it. That's the wisdom we can impart in a way that's not, you should do this, you should do that, why don't you do this? You know, we could say, have you, have you thought about forgiveness? It's, you know, forgive yourself mm-hmm. for that thing that, that happened. Um, I forgive Absolutely. myself for shots all the time. Yeah, I play, I play absolutely the best golf of my life when, I, am, when I'm, I start out happy and I don't let things 
uh, errant shots or whatever, I'm in the flow. And I stay in the mm-hmm. flow because I'm not allowing other things to get to get in my way. And uh, in, in life, that's, that's the same thing I've always done. Um, I was, you know, and, and it's, it's a challenge to sometimes convey that to people. That's where the challenge is because everybody's coming from a different space. Mm-hmm. We, we can only act on what we know. We have right. to be open and receptive, right, to something new, to behaving differently, to acting differently when things occur. And I think I talked last week about when my girlfriend and I have a disagreement of some particular kind, or I get into the I want to be right mode, you know, and uh, or or the control. Yeah, literally. I mean, I I can be there. You know, M stands for control. My 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 um, uh, first letter of my name, Michael, is is about control. It's about giving up control, not needing to control. And I work at that. And in my relationship. I can recognize the moment I stepped across the line of trying to be too controlling, and I have to pull myself back. When that's, I pull myself amazing. back, that's amazing. You recognize it, though. That's oh heck yeah! Really, I've been doing this a yeah, long that's time. Very powerful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's third relationship, third long-term relationship. You, you figured I'd have to learn something by now, um, <laughs> and 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 that's really that's really what I have to do. I have to recognize it. it, it I'm, I'm thinking about and doing it at the same time when the person, yeah, my, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. doesn't even recognize it's happening. She has no clue what's going on. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm like, okay, got to pull back. And I just shut up. I just shut up. I just don't, I don't say anything more. It's like, yeah. I've, I've said too much already. And the way I've said it hasn't been mm, that great because I was off when I said it. I was impulsive. Mm-hmm. And then I go, okay, back, boom. And sometimes I might apologize. Other times it's not necessary. I just pull back and yeah. uh, adopt a more loving, uh, loving state of being. That's beautiful. So guess what? Yeah, that's what that's, I do. That's what it's all. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's <laughs> what it's all about. I don't know if you've that ever read uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza or familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, but he has a two books that I love. One is, I mean, I love a lot of his books, but um, you know, one is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And um, which is a fantastic book. And the other one, which I love, is Evolve Your Brain. And it's the science of changing your mind. And what, it, it, what it, I found so fascinating, and, and he has an exercise similar to the piano playing exercise where you use your thumb and you touch your index finger and then your pinky, then your middle finger, and then your ring finger. And you kind of do that and you get quicker and quicker and quicker at it. And then you get to the point where you don't touch your fingers with your thumb at all. You just think about it. But you can actually, it's the strangest thing, you can actually feel your fingers being touched, even though you're not actually touching it. Um, Mm -hmm. But one of the things in his research, and he talks a lot about, you know, the different states of the brain, the delta, theta, alpha, beta, gamma. And he says most people are actually in the beta, which is like, the common thinking where you're, you know, you're just sort of stuck, you're focused on your problems. It's very, very hard to create from that space uh, and because mm-hmm. you're just not open to new things. But when you're in alpha, which is the imagined, creative, relaxed state, <laughs> that's sort of when, you know, the conscious and subconscious mind kind of go and together and you're in just a state where you can be, creative 
And I would imagine that when you're relaxed and when you're playing golf, you are in an alpha state if they were to, uh, you know, measure it, you know. And, and what he says is like the alpha state sort of serves as a bridge between the conscious and unconscious mind. So if you hold an image or you imagine in that relaxed state, you're not forcing anything, you can actually make your thoughts into reality, which is, you know, and there's oodles and oodles. He gives, he's very scientific, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I I like, you know, he sort of takes the airy-fairy stuff out of it. But, you know, he, he really teaches people that you're, you know, you can set into motion all the things that you want for things to happen. So there are no limitations. So what, what is it that you imagine um, and what do you want to make as a possibility? And I think it's just phenomenal. And, um, you know, I would encourage our listeners to explore some of those books. But we do. I think we get stuck in those um, sort of cause-effect, you know, related mm-hmm. things that, yeah. um, you know, where we can't, we can't really see, you know, that there is something beyond this and that when you have a desire, you can really awaken that and make it into, into a reality. And, you know, that, you know, that's sort of, again, one of the things that I enjoy about uh, Pam's work because, you know, she kind of encourages you to uh, to sort of pursue that. And I was listening to, I don't even remember what it was I was listening to, and they were talking about a poet and that she used to be out in the field. And I apologize, I can't remember the poet's name. And, and she would catch a poem. She said sometimes she would have to catch it by the tail. Like it would come into her mind and the words would flow through and she'd have to run full speed into the house so that she could write it down. But sometimes she would, you know, she'd end up catching the poem by the tail and she'd reel it in and she'd write it down and everything would be backwards. And so she'd have to kind of translate it. And it kind of made me think of what we were saying the other day about Leonardo da Vinci writing upside down and backwards. So maybe in his imagination as he was bringing these things in, that's sort of how mm-hmm. it came into him and that's how he brought it into reality. And I just, I really like awesome. that. I sort of think, you know, catching it, catching it by the tail. Um, I could, I thought about that. And, um, and I love, you know, talking about made up words, you know, Jimmy jacking things. I think that when you Jimmy jack something, that's exactly uh, bringing something in your imagination <laughs> to life, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you are actually. Um, I will sit around. You know, I'm at the barn and and uh, with Sandy, and something happens, and she says, she says, oh, we need to we need to get that fixed. And I'll sit around. I'll go about doing what I'm doing, and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll say I I'll kind of tell myself uh, I I can intuit a, a fix to that, and I, I I will envision it working. And I'll go about my business. Sometimes I have to come home for a couple of days, and, and I, but it's in there. I've set it in motion already, uh, the, the fix, the creative fix for whatever it is. And then I'll have an aha moment. Boom, that's just, this is what I need to do. And then I'll go do it. And that's how I, uh, another way I use it on a, on a uh, weekly basis is, is to, when you see something that needs to be done and you, uh, or something, a challenge, something needs to be fixed, uh, you can you can do just that, and you and sometimes it happens in a few minutes where I'll go, hmm, that's it. I just need to do this to fix this, 
and I do it. Uh, it, it, it comes to me, I, I, I think about it, and I give it an opportunity to, uh, to um, not fester, so to speak, but to uh, uh, evolve in my mind. Percolate, and maybe? <laughs> what's that? I said maybe uh, percolate a little bit, like a... Like yes, yeah, okay, good word. I, I, that's that's right? not a word that came to mind, but it's an exact word. <laughs> yes, you let it right? percolate in your own mind. And yeah, and that's exactly how I... Uh, intuit a lot of uh, creative things. Sometimes I'll just think about something for the backyard that I want to do and uh, something that needs to be done and how I want to do it. And I'll just I'll think about it for maybe a few weeks. And then all of a sudden one day, hmm, comes to me. This is what I need to do. And I'll go out and I'll do it. And it'll, it'll be done. Um, and that's, that's, that's using your mind, using your imagination, using your powers uh, that you were talking about, you know, setting in motion what you imagine. Uh, it, it's, we have to give ourselves enough time. The other thing that disrupts all that is impatience. We want it now. And it'll come when the time is right. It'll come when it's supposed to. When, it, when, it's, right. when it's supposed to happen, when it's supposed to come to you, it'll come to you. Sometimes that's quick. Sometimes that's over a little bit of time. However, you can't beat yourself up if it doesn't come immediately uh, because it is, it is something, it, it, you have to continue to feed it. You have to feed mm-hmm. it with positivity, right? Uh, and and uh, and uh, positive encouragement. I can do this. I know I can figure this out. It's a positive language. Um, we'll do a mm-hmm. we'll do a show in the next couple of weeks about self talk because I've written two books about self talk, and I and I uh, it's it's big on my list of of uh, things that I do every single day. Uh, it, it, there is no there's there's no time in my life anymore after 30 years that I actually say anything bad about myself. It just doesn't even occur to me anymore to, to do that uh, because I know how damaging it could be to say, uh, to, to put yourself down or call yourself a, an expletive or, or do something, uh, beat yourself up about something. It's, it's counterproductive to uh, what you really want, to the outcome you're looking for. And there's a process that I use for uh, ferreting out that conversation heightening your awareness as to that conversation because that conversation goes hand in hand with what you imagine. I know people who imagine great things for themselves never get anywhere because the conversation, um, the sub-conversation is negative. It's doubtful. Mm -hmm. It's fearful. And they just literally talk themselves right out of what they imagine for themselves. You have to have, like you said, the ability to imagine anything and everything, the grandest vision of what it is. You may not get that Rolls Royce you keep envisioning. However, you might get an opportunity to ride in one or drive one for, for, for a few minutes. You may get the opportunity to get something that, is, that you like even better because you've never been in a Rolls Royce. You don't know what it's like. You may not like it. <laughs> you know, it's what a friend of yep. mine said. But somebody tells me all the time, they tell me all the time, he's a multimillionaire, and he said, they tell me all the time that they'd never buy a Rolls Royce. And I said, that's because you aren't in a position to make a decision to choose to buy one. Right. You know, you, you can say that easily when you're not in a position to, to say, to drop, you know, $400,000 on a, on a custom handmade car. However, you can, when you are, then you can say, oh, I choose to or I choose not to. You know, it's just, you've got to envision something for yourself 
And right. um, I people go people go to school for four years, eight years, ten years, twelve years to get anywhere between a, a BA and a PhD or a, a doctorate and uh, or to become a, a health practitioner, a, a doctor or a lawyer, whatever it is. Um, and I, I always admire people who have that continued vision of what they see themselves doing and how they see themselves helping others with their skills once they've gone through that. It's what drives them to continue to study and to evolve in, in, that, uh, in that profession in terms of their education to get to that point. It's what drives them. And you have to have something driving you if you're, if you're, uh, if you're spending 8, 10, 12 years doing it. You have to be deeply connected to your why, to, to why it's important to you. And the imagination, the vision you have uh, for yourself in the context of what it is that you're going for. Nobody can, right. can do something for that many years without having that vision. And, and, and some of the people I talk to, they don't, even, they, don't, they don't break it down into those kinds of nuts and bolts. They don't. Right. And I'm going, what if you could harness that power of what you're already right. doing? What if, you could, so, what if you could know about it? There is, uh, I have a dear friend of mine that many years ago taught me an exercise that she uses with a lot of different individuals. And, um, you know, how many people do you know that say, like, I want a relationship, I want a partner, I want oh, somebody gosh, in my endlessly. life? Oh, gosh, endlessly. Right? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. what she suggested is that you actually blueprint it out. Because you, and so what she said, you write down what you want physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And not that you want them to be this way, but what it is that you need for yourself to grow. And then when you're done, and, and it's, it's a very interesting exercise because as you write it down, you might go back and you might cross things out. But it really gets you to think like, well, I really like this in this relationship, but I didn't like that or I wasn't getting enough of this. And as you start to really blueprint it out, then when you're done, you put it out to the universe, bring me this or something better. Because there is always the possibility of something better than what we can even imagine. So like when you're talking about, that's what made me think about when you're talking about that Rolls Royce. You want that Rolls Royce, you want the Rolls Royce, but maybe there's something better for you. And so we just have to leave ourselves open to those possibilities. And uh, I can't tell you how many people I've shared that exercise with. And, and you, you don't really even, you know, you can put a time frame on it. But what I tell people is you write it down, make, you know, create a special book, whatever it is that you want to put it in, and then put it away and forget about it. And just right. let the universe work its magic. I love it. I love it. It's a far cry from what's wrong with me which is the next thing out of their mouth. What's wrong with me? <laughs> what do you mean what's wrong with you? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with you. You know, it, it, it's, that, it, it's, it's that, that old adage that uh, people, you know, I want somebody to, to, to complete me. I want somebody to help, to help me hold, be whole. And I'm going, okay, great. Let's, uh, let's focus on you being whole and putting that out to the universe and attracting whole back. Right, because mm-hmm. you know we're all we're going to attract a mirror of what's going on in our own in our own mind, our own frequencies. That's what we're going to attack, attract back into our lives. So if you're frantic and down on yourself about about uh, not having someone in your life, and that's your uh, 
inner conversation that I'm not worthy. Why am I not worthy? Uh, why, do, why, do, why don't I have enough? Why don't I have friends? All these little questions that, that are um, really the wrong question. Why don't we say, why don't we ask ourselves, uh, assess our own frequencies and work on obtaining higher frequencies, being happier, being more hopeful and optimistic and about ourselves and our life. Mm-hmm. And by understanding that when we are feeling better about ourselves, we're feeling jo- joyful every morning, we're, we're in, in balance, we are um, at least positive in terms of perception of ourselves. And I said, just do that. Just adopt a positive perception of yourself and, and the feelings, the thoughts, the inner conversation, and everything else, the, resp- the actions, they'll all follow. Just change that, transform that perception you have of yourself from what's wrong with me to I'm amazing. I realize mm-hmm. that's just a couple of words, but what have you got to lose? Be in that space, in that positive space, and then design your life around I'm amazing. Nobody has to know it. You don't have to tell it to people. This is not an ego trip. This is just you believing in you. And the majority of the time I hear, literally every time, I want a relationship. What's wrong with me? I, why, why won't anybody, you know, why don't I have any friends? It's not, what's wrong with you is not wrong with you. You're resonating the wrong, the, the lower frequencies by having that conversation about yourself. That's where you are. You're spinning your wheels in the lower frequencies and you need to focus on you Focus on uh, doing things, participating in things that bring you joy, that bring you life satisfaction, that bring that feeling of, of sense of satisfaction, that feeling of satisfaction when you complete something and you go, ah, yeah, I did that. That feeling, ah, more of that, please. You know, I want more of that. So you participate in, in those things. When I look at someone's life and I don't see them going out, I don't see them connecting with people, engaging with people. Um, participating in what their strengths are. Uh, if they have a sport they love, go do the sport because it makes you feel good. When you feel good, that's what you resonate. Other people pick up that feeling of feeling good, you feeling good. And they're going to want, they're going to, they're going to be like a magnet to you. Then you connect, right. you, you start a conversation, you start a friendship and you move on from there. If something happens, fine. You don't force it. It's about connection. It's about relational connection. And um, I know that I know you were talking earlier about other people, and we've, we've had this conversation before that that relationships are a platform for um, for your own evolution. You have to have relationships in order to evolve. That's my view. Um, you're not going to evolve as a human being by locking yourself in a room for 365 days and reading 100 million books. That's not going to help you evolve. It will help you become more worldly with regard to uh, topics and conversations. It will give you a lot of things to actually practice. However, most of them, I guarantee you, need to be practiced in the company of others, in the company of the outside world. Resilience isn't something that you can practice sitting in a room by yourself or as a monk. You have to get out and put yourself in situations where Resilience uh, can be something that you uh, you obtain, that you participate in, that you where you get mm-hmm. the experience, a spiritual wisdom of resilience, recovering from something. You where you make mistakes, you put yourself out there and make mistakes, and you learn how to be more resilient through those mistakes. And um, 
for those of you who are parents out there, I'm going to tell you flat out, I'm not a parent. I'm just an observer and somebody who, for my, uh, who was raised in a, in a world where uh, my mother, if we wanted to do something, my mother never stopped us from doing it. She would let us make the mistakes. She would let us learn. If, we, if, if I fell down and I cracked my skull by doing something, I learned something. I learned not to do that thing that way because it leads to that outcome. It's not that she's trying to be overly protective. She never was. And I talked about it before. At 12 years old, I was out playing music in a band, um, running around with a bunch of teenagers, playing music till 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. We put our gear away, <laughs> and we'd come back. And we're doing it in a foreign country, in a city, in, in, yeah. Air, in, in, in Turkey, in Asia Minor. It takes trust. It takes, you know, uh, it, it takes letting the rope out. Yeah, go out there. Do that thing. Be careful. You know how to be careful. You know, mm-hmm. travel in groups. Yep. And Absolutely. It's just, you learn that sort of thing. Nowadays, people are so fearful. And that fear, as I tell people, when you, buy, you, you get what you give. You resonate lower frequencies. You get validational experiences, experiences that validate those lower frequencies, the, the viability of those lower frequencies. And fear is like that. It's, it, it draws mm-hmm. situations and circumstances that validate that you need to be fearful. Where, and same with lack, same with scarcity. If you, right. if you sit around and imagine yourself the worst possible financial uh, problem for yourself, I, I guarantee you, you will begin to experience financial problems because that's what you're envisioning. That's what you're putting out yep. there to grow. Those are the seeds you're planting in your life. Plant different seeds. Mm-hmm. Seeds Absolutely. of hope, seeds of love, compassion, yep. kindness. And then act from that. Live from that. It's a, it's a it, you know, all of this is, there's so many different pieces to this puzzle that make it a mosaic. So many pieces that make this make life such a high frequency, living from higher frequencies, such a beautiful mosaic. And can you learn it all in, you know, one radio show like this, one 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 episode? No, <laughs> for sure. You, you could say I, I don't think so. However, I, I if I could be so bold as to say this show, we wanted to do this show because we wanted to expose people to a different way of living and to a different way of thinking, a different way of acting and responding to what goes on in life. We wanted them to connect to the love within themselves so that they could attract that love from others. That is, I mean, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to get love from somebody else. What they're going to see is that you don't love yourself. Now, somebody, you're going to attract somebody who doesn't love themselves, and then you got two, you got a two times the mess, in my view, because then you've got two people, two needy people who don't love each other and, aren't going to treat each other with love and it's going to be just end up being a a, a big mess unless one of the two people, and this is one of the things that, that Glenn and I talk, Glenn Brooks, the the creator of the vibrant different network, uh, bless his heart. May he rest in peace. He and I had debates about this debates, (laughs) hour long debates about (laughs) whether it was possible for one person in the context of relationship to change the entire relationship. 
We had, we had, I mean, we were on opposite sides of this thing. I mean, I, 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 you know I what? Agree. I'm on your side of the fence. I had, I had <laughs> as many, if not more conversations. I, I completely understand. Exactly. And you're saying like, yep. he'd say, he'd say, look, look, if, if the relationship isn't working, one person can change and it can change the other person automatically. And I'm going, okay, it's possible to actually change yourself and i said mm-hmm. what is more than likely to happen is that you will evolve beyond the other person if the other person doesn't get with it and involve with you if they don't evolve with you they will fall away because you've elevated yourself to a different frequency level yep you're a and higher vibration you'll be attra- 100%. yeah mm-hmm. you will start to attract other people who another group of people and they may not resonate with those people or like those people it would be likely that perhaps jealousy or envy or uh, distrust will happen you know they'll continue the lower frequencies operating from that level and you'll be beyond it and you'll wonder why can't things work out here because you you have elevated yourself we're different human beings and can you get that other person to elevate their frequencies that is a form of control that I don't think I I don't believe is possible they have to get it themselves and start focusing on themselves and beginning to uh, to transform, to evolve beyond their state of being, elevating their state of being, their frequencies, to get there. And so, mm-hmm. and we would go back and forth about this. And he, he'd be adamant yeah, about it. I know. <laughs> well, and, yeah. I know. I know. It was so funny. And, you know, like, it, it, all, it all has to do with, you know, where you're coming from, from a place of love. And and in my opinion, when you connect with, with love, it's it's about being open-hearted and you don't ever want to change somebody because it's not you're not really <laughs> you just never win in that way i mean you want you you know you want to i think in my opinion you want to be in the same vibration and you know and that's what you know i love about you michael because it seems that we're you know there's so much that you bring forth that make me a better person and I'm really grateful for that each week I discover new things and you send my brain patterns off into into new realms and and I hope that <laughs> for our that. audience here on on connect to love that you know we do give you a little bit of food for thought and I'd like to leave you with this and then I'll let Michael close out the show but um, you know if you think about the root word for imagination it's the word imagine and imagine means that you have the opportunity to see something how it's going to turn out before it's true you're going to take that quiet space you're going to envision whatever it is that you want and you know really live it and see it and embrace every aspect of it before it's true and, and that's really what the what the power of being creative and the imagination is all about and and I hope that you've appreciated some what the, we've shared and, and what I imagine and all of the different things and, and Michael you know if there's anything else you'd like to add I'd love to hear your thoughts Wow that's powerful I love it and it's so so incredibly powerful the only thing I might add is we are our we, we set our own limitations that's what we do we as human beings we limit ourselves limit ourselves what we're capable of what we're capable of feeling what we're capable of doing um, and it's based on what we are our beliefs in ourselves and uh, in our experiences that we've had and what other people have told us the thought viruses we've ingested 
sometimes we're walking mess. Uh, and it's our job to wade through all of that and grab onto a few things that can help elevate us out of that state. State of being and, and vibrational frequency are the same thing. When you're sad, you're in a state of being. That's your, that's your state of being at the time, sad. Hopelessness or hope, uh, happiness, joy. So it's, it's uh, uh, all I can say is that I hope that you can take some, some nuggets from what we've shared to enrich your life today. Take something from this episode. If, if a minor thing, start using it. Adopt it into your life and start using it uh, yourself. And use your, start using your imagination. Start imagining greater than yourself. And see what happens. And believe it. Don't doubt it. Believe it. Believe everything is possible. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Make it an awesome, awesome week. And looking forward to uh, when we next connect here on Connect to Love. Thank you.